Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here is Otani and what will more than likely be his final at bat today in his Dodger debut. Swung on, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone! It is Dodger debut! This is Durden Sprague. Two and five-tenths remaining in regulation. 74-74 tied. Nevada at Colorado State. Foster moves laterally. Comes to Lucas at three-quarters court. Lucas at half court. Lucas at the horn. He got it! Lucas puts it in for the win! With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Cavs out of timeout. Spruce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Hump day. Happy hump day to everybody out there. We've got Schultze in today. Swag is back yet again. Good morning. How are we feeling? What's up, sports fans? What's up, Sprague? Thank you for the call this morning. It's fun, man. Hump day. I didn't call you this morning. Uh, the call, I, I don't know. How do you put that Like when you get the call up to the majors? is it? Um, Were it, you in the minors? Uh, technically. Or, or like on the bench and the manager says, hey, hey, we need you. We need you, kid. Hey, uh, third's open right now. Need you to start. How's that glove feeling? Glove's ready to go. It's ready oiled up, coach. Them. Uh, no, thanks for hopping in today. I yeah. just want to have you know some fun and go through the rotation of 1080 people that want to host shows. And th- you know, Schultz, he's not reaching out. He doesn't want to be on the show. Maybe I'll reach out to him and see if he wants to be. I just have ADHD, and I was on vacation and sick last week. So I apologize. I was going to reach out to you, but you beat me to the punch. And that, that's okay. Hey, somebody else initiated this whole like dance here. I didn't have to. Mm. So thank you. That makes me feel very confident this morning. What is the uh, swag? I don't say this like as an old joke to start the show off, but I'm legitimately... Is it Sadie Hawkins, the Sadie Hawkins dance? Yes, when uh, when the women, yeah. the girls would ask the boys. Yes, I think that's the situation here, Schultze. I think I'm the, the girl here, and it's Sadie Hawkins, and you're like, oh, I hope somebody, hope somebody asks me. 
And I'm the one who asked. Uh, dude, you are the first girl to ask me to a Sadie Hawkins dance oh, nice. in my life, so I appreciate that. Hey, you're always welcome here. <laughs> Swag, how was the Fan Winter Golf Classic? Uh, Tualatin. Tualatin was a lot of fun. Yeah? So, yeah, filled it up. Uh, the group in the noon round went 16 under. Uh, yeah, I was listening to Danny and Dusty when that group got done a 59? Uh, 56. 56? And I believe they drained like a 45-foot putt yeah, for they had Eagle three on 18. Eagles. No, it was a scramble. Yeah. They were playing from the white tees, not the not the PGA Championship tees. We, and they were allowed to play from the white tees. Yes, that okay. was the setup. We okay. didn't want to be there all day. Yeah. So, But we also saw a lot of balls uh, ending up in the Pacific Ocean, too. So. Well, you know, it's going to happen virtually. So, yeah. All right. Well, but, nice, uh, but nice no, little event. Everybody had a good time. Good. Uh, filled up. So plans for plans for year two being bigger and better. And mm. X Golf should have a third location open by then. Mm. So we might do one of the ideas being tossed around. So don't yell at me if this doesn't end up going on. But one of the ideas was we just set up camp at each different location each different day. So we do a three day run, but everybody's at one location each of the three days. A three day tourney run. What else are you doing when it's cold outside in February? No, let's yeah, go. March Madness you know, hasn't swing golf yet. clubs inside and drink beers. I don't. Why? Why are you yelling at me? I, was I don't just, know. You kind of surprised me. My mic is absurdly hot this morning, and I've like toned it way down. I don't know who was the last one in here. Buck. Okay. Yeah. Then Buck is the one that screwed the board up. So because I, I also can't hear you when you're telling me to break, which is kind of delightful for me. All right. Am I just gonna have to wave? I'm, yeah, just just do the uh, the I'll traditional I'll radio. Give you, I'll give you the wrap it up. Wrap it up. Let's go. I uh, I thought of you yesterday, Swigar and Schultz. I don't know if you've been following this or if it's even in your sports, you know, atmosphere. If it's in your bubble, but I saw a interview with our good friend Marty Smith, Marty Party. Yeah, Marty Party was having a sit a serious sit down with with Johnny Rom. Johnny Rom, that's and right. Rom basically admitted out loud that Tiger won't text him back. He Pretty won't much. talk to him anymore and that Rory I guess wished him well and has holds no animosity because you know, Rory was so anti-live, and then... Rory's mad at the... the. I think he's mad at the situation. He's mad at the situation. Yeah. He's mad at the higher-ups yes. that felt like they made him a scapegoat and, and put him out there. He's not mad at the golfers. Rom, Rom he was at first, when they first started yeah. uh, going over there. I think everybody pissed. knows at some point this all has to get fleshed out in yeah. terms of finding a way to coexist. Yeah, I also saw highlights of the end of the Live Tournament last weekend, and there was nobody there, and I can't imagine anybody watched Yikes. it. Well, you have to you have to hunt it down. It yeah, is on it CW. On? It oh. is on the CW, so it is available, but usually it's early on Saturday, Sunday mornings, but I, I don't ever see much pub pub for it i don't they're, because they're well they're acting like this thing's ever gonna take they don't off. have the money no so i don't know i don't know if it's at people that would pub it don't want to take the money for feeling fear of being dirty yeah. or i i don't know i mean like when i go to espn's golf page it's yeah. hard to find like the live event that's happening this week it's just something that i'm not checking I, I didn't know when their season i didn't even know their season had there started until i saw somebody spraying champagne on somebody else and there was like four people next to the 18th Whole. Genuinely, I think the season's signal, like starting for me, what was the comment about John Rom saying Tiger's not getting back to me about yeah. this whole live thing? Well, imagine being like a great player like John Rom, and and fortunately for him, he 
kind of a hypocrite of I'll never do it. I don't need the money. And then, oh, I can take the money and work less. What a life. And I don't know. It all changed when he won, when he won the masters. And so basically he can play the masters until he can't walk anymore. No matter what he's doing. Sure. And they, and one tournament got him to just go, okay, I'm good now. I'll go over there. I think so. That's wild to me. It's the tournament though, isn't it? No, I mean, it is the tournament. And I, again, I don't begrudge anybody for taking money. And there is a way to play. I think they, there's a way you can play on the DP world tour and live. There's some fines and some stuff that goes along with it, but you're not banned from the DP world tour. But that's got to be a brutal blow to a John Rahm when, like, Tiger, yeah. who's a good friend of yours, won't respond to you yeah. anymore. He's kind of... Well, I mean, that's how Tiger's operated. I mean, think about Stevie Williams, his longtime caddy, yeah, and all of true. a sudden, yeah. Don't... Felt don't, like he betrayed him. Yeah, or don't betray back or backstab him. He's like, nope. Yeah. I can kind of relate to Tiger Woods. I've done that to some people in my life. You you cross me, eventually I got a breaking point. I'm not going to respond anymore. Nobody keeps receipts like Tiger. No, well, dirt. If you if you hit me in the face with a golf club, I will not talk to you anymore. Oh yeah, well that's a good one. He still has to talk to her though. Yeah, barely. They share kids together. Uh, I I would actually talk to her lawyer. <laughs> I would uh, I would nominate Dirt for that category. If anybody is as petty as Tiger Woods, I would nominate Dirt. People don't, and not even you. You you don't even know. There's a level of petty that exists. That no, like, there's a level of petty for Tiger. I don't think it's petty. I, I I don't. I think it's. I think it's real breathing fire that he has to hold back. It's personal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Dirt's is petty. Uh Dirt's. Yeah. Well, most of them tend to be petty. Yeah. 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 He recognizes that they're petty. Most of them are from when he was like 26 too, and I'm like, yo, we're almost 40. Let's. Uh, yeah, I know. Buried the hatchet. You want to get this guy on the show, or you still hate him? No, I still hate him. I'm like, okay, all right, great. I won't do it. Nah, I, I side with dirt here. Good for you. Do hold, you? Hold your grudges. You get... strike me as patty, too. Yeah. Well, it gives you a little fire getting into your old age. It's something to motivate you. Is you know, It's not like... A, it, old age? You're 29. I'm 35. I, I'm not saying me in particular. I'm saying men in general. You know what? You hit 40. Low T happens. You need something else to get you going in the morning. Is the low T hit you? <laughs> not quite. Yet. It hasn't hit swag yet. He's yeah. 52 years old. He's holding on to the hair in the, low, yeah. in the high T. Good for you guys. Oh, dude. Swag is into some kinky stuff. Well, that's that's how you keep the tea high, baby. Keep keep that activity up. That's how you keep her happy, and that's how you keep a smile on your face. Smile on everybody's faces. I mean, come on. Have you ever been to a Swigard party? Uh, no, and now I'm not sure. I don't uh, like I'm I'm almost interested, He's but full scared. Of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Schultz is like, how do I get into this party? Yeah, I'm you gotta interested. wear a crow's mask and you gotta knock three times and give a password. I got some, <laughs> <laughs> got some weird kinks myself. I'm down. Really? What's the weirdest kink you have? I, I don't know. I'm just kind of. Mm. Are you a role play guy? You like talking? You strike me as you Actually, like talking. Role play, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm your daddy. <laughs> I'm your daddy. I think my wife would divorce me if I ever said that. Spanker no. on the hiney. I'm your daddy. Eh, spanking's fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> whoa. Uh, okay. Yeah, you right. Hey, you asked me. I I, I try to be honest on the radio. I did. So there yeah. you go. I'm not. I don't think I'll reveal anything past that. But yeah, that that's a fun one. Um. Yeah. I, I'm the one that likes it. By the way, I li- I'm just kidding. <laughs> The spanking? Yeah, you got to spank me. Oh, wow. We can get into some trauma in your life. What wow, happened? There's a new drop for no the show. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, God, it's That's way too early. Drop. I just set myself up. 
Damn. <laughs> Opening segment, you gave us a classic drop. Well, we've got uh, Right to the Meat, and now I Like to be Spanked. There's right, another one. There right you go. to the Meat's one of my favorite stories and drops that we've had on the show's history. No, dude, get right to the meat. Uh, I I, uh, I am not usually on, but there's those 1% of the, the time where I'm like radio gold here. Mm. And that, that's it right there. Most of the time you don't have it, but in that <laughs> random chance that you strike it, you strike it pretty hard. Yep, you, you get it and you get it big, baby. Yeah, That's like, what she said. Gold rush of San Francisco. Uh, that's what Max Struess did last night. Man, did he ever. I, You know, I didn't know this. I should have known this, but I didn't. And, and we'll get to it later, but... <laughs> I guess it just didn't resonate in my brain that the Blazers went a whole month without a win. Yeah. You yeah. had the all-star break in there. It's nine in a row. No, I mean, I know it's a shorter month. Uh, it's not this year, but yeah. traditionally, yes. And then and the all-star break. It seemed like break, they had but... a longer all-star break than most other teams for some odd reason. Like, uh, they got an extra day on both ends Don't or they something. travel the most miles of any team in the NBA based uh, on where we're at? They Usually. do. I think we yes, do, yeah. we're the most isolated so I think that's maybe that was a thing with their scheduling yeah. was hey give them an extra break, but a whole month without a win. <laughs> yeah, well they were they were on their way. And we're then, the Pistons. I mean then, I know they got eight wins and we have fifteen, but we're the Pistons. Yeah, nine in a row. Looked like things were turning around last night, and then DeAndre Ayton's hand got raked. Yeah, that didn't help. I still think Miami would have won that game. Somewhere. I still thought when they were up 10 at the end of the first half, like, they, I, I they're thought, not holding this lead. I was I about to so. text you. Like, yeah. oh, there's no way they're holding this You should have, because at 14, I was. T- I would have texted you. They're going to lose this I game. I was back. I was in a joint, a nice uh, bourbon on a rock. I had made the uh, thank you promo for the Fan Winter Golf Classic and got that in the system. Bourbon on a rock? Yeah, a, a big ice cube. Oh, a rock as opposed a, to rocks. The circle or like a? It's a. I have a circle. Oh, you have. Okay. I have a mold that does some medium sized. Yeah, circles. not the ginormous ones. Okay. I don't like the ginormous ones. The mediums but, about uh, right. But for me. yeah, maybe, need a little melting. Maybe yeah. two inches in circumference. Yeah. Oh, right up my alley. <laughs> I, Sorry, I had four lines and none of them were appropriate. For <laughs> uh, hey, with eight now last night, that that Haggins kid, that, contract that was guy, the biggest softball I've ever been served up, and I had to watch it go by. Yeah, I just, just watch it. You couldn't even swing. You're like, damn it, that was it right there. Well, we got a busy show today. We have two guests. John Kime covers the Washington Commanders. He's going to join us at eight thirty. He is in Indianapolis. I'm trying to kind of poke and prod through some of the top five teams in the NFL draft just to see, like, hey, if so-and-so is gone, where do you think they're leaning? How they are how they have the vision? What's their vision for how to build what they are back up to being back in a, in a playoff spot or a contender in any way? So John Kime's going to join us at 8.30. And at 7.30, uh, delighted to talk with Talia von Olhoffen of Oregon State Women's Hoops. I know. I, I talked to Reagan Beers uh, a couple weeks ago. I hope I'm not a jinx. I talked to Reagan Beers. My family yeah. went to the UCLA game, and she got her nose broken in the early, I want to say, second quarter. Uh-oh. And my daughter, my Eesh. seven-year-old, turned to me and goes, we saw all the blood gushing on the floor. There's, there's nothing that's a little more grotesque. It's but pretty awful. Is is not as bad as it looks. Yes, because the nose just bleeds. Dude, it was coming that, out. And just the littlest nick on like an eyebrow, if you catch an elbow. Yeah. The littlest nick, and you think you 
gushing. Sliced an artery. Well, my seven-year-old turns to me and she goes, Dad, uh, I don't think I want to play basketball anymore. <laughs> and I went, ah, that, that can happen. Obviously, we're seeing it, but yeah. it won't happen to you. And I talked her back into it. But, uh, yeah, Reagan Beers broke her nose the last time I talked to an Oregon State women's player. I'm worried, but Talia Von Ohoffen comes from good athletic background. Her mom was a stud athlete, and her dad is Kimo Von Ohoffen. And if that name, you're kind of going, do I know that name? Yeah, you do. You do. He is the defensive lineman who railed Carson Palmer in the knee in the playoff game when Pittsburgh went to Cincinnati and, and won because Palmer got he got yanked out after like the first play of the game. That's her dad. Toughness in her blood. Toughness in the blood. So she'll join us coming up at 7.30. We got a statter story to get to. I got a lot of NFL odds and ends. I got a college football segment I want to get to. It is a loaded show, Dirt and Sprague. Good to be with you with Schultze. We're back with more on 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 619 on the fan. One of the listeners tweeting us and saying, Dirt and Schultzy Petty, or is it just being a Duck fan? <laughs> Didn't think about it that way, but they both are Duck fans. I don't think yeah. that's the reason, but I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. It's not the motivation. They're younger Duck fans, too. Oh, yeah. So they weren't there when it was really They didn't bad. experience the no. toilet bowl. All they've experienced are national championship game appearances and Rose Bowls. No, the start of my Duck fan existence was, Kenny Wheaton's going to score! I was like five when that happened, so... Swag, do you know the background of Schultz's Duck fandom? It's quite interesting to me. I don't know that I do. Do you know the background of his Mariner fandom? No. Why are you a Mariner fan? How did you become a Mariner fan? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I explain this in a weird way. Like to, because I just as a kid, I, I love baseball. Like there's really the attachment that I found to you know all three sports was kind of varying, but baseball was the one that yeah. as a kid I connected with the most. And you know my dad and I loved going to games as a kid. Like eighth grade was when we started doing that whole every year thing. So that yeah. that's that's you yeah. know growing up with it is great. But he mentioned it there. The reason. Dad. Mm-hmm. Ask him who his dad roots for in college. Was my, he Beaver fan? My dad is a big Oregon State Beaver fan. Oh, he go. just stuck the Huge. knife right in the back and was like, yeah. oh, I'm going well, the opposite that's like, way. Uh, that's like uh, <laughs> Dusty's Astros fandom. Yeah. Because his dad is a Dodger fan. I And the Dodgers and Astros way long time ago were giant division rivals. Oh, yeah. You know... I didn't grow up with a dad, but had I, I think I would have just become a fan of, I mean, knowing my dad now, my dad's kind of a 
he's a fan hopper. He's not really overly committed to any team in any sport. Gotcha. But if I grew up with a dad who was a diehard fan of a team, mm-hmm. I think I would have just become a fan yeah. of that team, too. The only diehards in my family, it was the Trailblazers and Oregon State. My entire family, other than me, went to Oregon State. Well, you get to choose, you know, teams like the Dodgers. You know, exactly. You don't have to settle for some crap team. It was a little further along for me, though, because it wasn't just the fact that I was deciding to go against my dad because of his Beaver fandom. It was the fact that my mom married somebody else, and he had Oregon Ducks season tickets. And that kind of started my Duck fandom wow. as like a middle schooler. So it was totally superficial. Jeez, yeah, no kidding. A little just bit. Just buying your fandom. Man, just but got your fandom with tickets. It was a little bit of a connection to being at the events. I mean, I mean, if I, if I grew up going to Research Stadium, mm-hmm. I would probably feel the same way about the Oregon State Beavers, but I happened to grow up with somebody that picked the Ducks and taking me to Autzen, and I mean, the guy's a jerk, but I got my Ducks fandom from him, so there you go. That is what I love the most, is you hate that guy. <laughs> oh, he's you, an absolute ass. And you've just stuck with the fandom anyway. He's like, well, I'm already here. <laughs> it's not the team that he roots for that makes him a bad person, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we had quite a night in the association last night. Uh, we had some interesting things going on. We mentioned Portland. We'll get to them at the top of the hour. Uh, Pelicans whooping the Knicks' ass. I mean, the Knicks are kind of in a free fall with these injuries. Well, they were owed one after uh, the refs gave them the game against the Pistons. Well, they should have lost that game. Go look at the Knicks. Since OG got hurt, Randall's been hurt. That team... Floundering a little bit, man. They're yeah, Jalen Brunson can only do so much, and he's been phenomenal. And he's been great, but yeah, he's been he's been all NBA team worthy. I watched a little of the T Wolves Spurs game on League Pass. Wimby was awesome. Yeah, when they get some pieces to put around Wimby, if Pop is still, uh, if they get a good coach, it, they can maybe get, turn that thing around. Are you done with Pop? I've been done with Pop for three or four uh, years. Mm-hmm. What what has Pop done that suggests that he's I'm going to win four championships, Greg Popovich. Do you think he's just waiting until he gets a couple more pieces and then they hire Becky Hammond to be the first female coach in the NBA? Maybe. I don't don't think the Spurs should be, like, fourth in the West. Should they be 11-48? and It's not like they've got absolute scrubs all around Wimbanyama. Yeah, but I think... Kelton Johnson's a good player. Yeah. Sohan can be a good player. I, what what am I, they, Devin Vassell? Yeah, Vassell's like, good. They yeah. just gave him one hundred forty eight million dollars. Trey Jones isn't bad either. They've actually gotten a little better, but with him uh, getting more minutes. But yeah, I just I I think that I is, just think they're learning how. I, I that's think an interesting situation. It's an interesting San situation. I think Wimbanyama is such a unique freak of a player. It took them. It took the other players a long time how to figure out how to play alongside him. Is he a center? Is he a small four what yes he's both he's everything he's, he's everything four, so he's all of it I, four I, blocks last night and Wimbanyama's also a sort of guy where he's a true team guy he's not just giving the ball get out of my way and watch and so he's he deferred a lot early on to try to be a good teammate rather than just recognizing okay people can't guard me so Let's force them to figure out how to try, and then everybody else will be open. You know, truly of rook, of special rookie seasons, it may not may not be statistically the greatest of rookie seasons, but he's been really good. To me, he's yeah. been what's advertised. But I'm also wondering how many people are tuning into his games. 
It's fair. Because not, not a lot of people a have a bunch on national TV early. Are people watching all those games? Is he one of those players for but, people where it's like, I got to catch him on TNT or ESPN? But tonight? I haven't seen him on. No, I don't know because I've been running around, you know, doing college hoops. Well, here. college hoop season derails your NBA. <laughs> it's and a so, hard yeah. game to watch. But I have not yeah. seen as many Spurs national TV games as I did early in the season. I, I think I find myself looking at like you know like going uh, uh, east of the stream and, and finding a Spurs game just to watch like Wembenyama for maybe you know half of, of the game. I'm not watching a full 48 minutes. But he so. is he is the kind of player or athlete for you where I don't think I don't maybe I'm overstepping with this. You don't strike me as like a diehard NBA person. No, but I watch the national games. Pretty casual NBA yeah. fan, right? Normal. What I would say American NBA fan is hey, there's a game on. Oh, I'll tune in. If there's not, I don't get league pass. Is Wimby a guy that makes you go to a stream that maybe isn't uh, something you're paying for? But, like, he is he an athlete that gets you to find and go out of your way to find him? Yeah, and at this point of the year, especially after football's done, what else am I going to do? I, it's more entertaining to watch Wembenyana any given night than, than the Portland Trailblazers even. So, I mean, last night's game wasn't bad. You know, they had some good effort. I'm sure we'll get to that. But I love the athleticism and the way that Pop's handling him. Of course, you, you asked the question, you know, what does he bring to the table for the Spurs? Well, I think the Spurs front office thinks that he's going to do the same thing, developing, you know, Manu Ginobili to... Tony Parker, Tim Duncan uh, back in the late 90s. He's going to do the same thing that he did with them. No, those with teams the- were people, I, I don't think it resonates because time's crazy, but yeah, those t- we're talking over a decade ago, man. Oh, you're and not that's, wrong. That's why I've kind of been out on him. Is like I, I think he's been great. I think he's one of the all-time legends as a coach. Uh, we watched it with Belichick this year. Coaches... Not always coaches just get to age and be champions and well, ride in the, the NFL. Sunset. Not necessarily in the NBA. I feel like guys are given a lot longer of a leash. It's weird. Yeah, he hasn't won a playoff series since 2017. I'm so, not. So you're not wrong. I, well, they're not going to fire him. He won five titles for the franchise, but I uh, I just don't. When I watch the Spurs, I don't see a team that's massively out coaching another team. I don't feel that anymore. The way you watch Spurs game, you go, "Damn it, dude! They're doing it again. They're finding a way." And I I just I don't feel that way. Whether that's when Benyama and learning how to use him, play with him, what have you, they haven't been good in a while. They've missed on some prospects. They hired that that uh, that little that little pervert. I forget the guy's name, but he was flashing their therapist. Like they've had some questionable decision making happen in the last like six years. And that franchise has been largely irrelevant. Yeah, it's hard to make change. It's hard. It's it yeah. is hard to make yeah. change. I think they they like that voice in the locker room. They like that that feeling that the franchise has had for the past twenty five years. Sure. And you want to hold on to that as long as you can. In this world of sports, and as a fan that likes longevity, I, I, I see where they're going with that. We did have nearly a full court game winner last night between Dallas and Cleveland. Luke had forty five. He was freaking awesome in this game. And uh, two seconds left. Cleveland has no timeouts. They're inbounding the ball. Struce inbounds, pass back. Struce basically, he's a full court game winner. Leave it inbound, just to the left of the Cavs bench. All we need Leave is a deflection. Pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the PJ, and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half court shot. Good. Good. He hit it. This place is going crazy! The Cavaliers had 2.6! They were out of timeouts! Struce, let 
game winner. 121, 119 in one of the most incredible endings you will ever see. Cleveland Cavalier radio uh, team there. Struess on the loose had to feel really good as a broadcaster. Swag, when you have a line that you casually drop that you know is fire and you move on, there's got to be throughout your brain a moment where you're like, oh, I did it perfectly. Yes. I think Jim Alcorn had that happen last night. Yeah, he was. He he had that ready to go. God. There, there's a couple that you got that you the one. Sometimes they just come up. Like they almost surprise you. It's just in there. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I got something. Yes. Yes. Now you just got to deliver it. So now then you have to pick your spots with it carefully. You can't overuse it. A three quarters court game winning shot is unbelievable. Yes. There was a live stream of some guys blogging, watching the game last night around hoops. Um, There were. And and the live stream, a guy literally as Struess gets the ball back before he shoots, goes, no effing way. Heave, bam, hits it. They all throw their headphones off. Ah, start screaming. It's just perfect. It was, oh, it was poetry. And Cavs beat Dallas. So bad loss for Dallas, man. You can't be losing that game. Uh, nice shot by Max Struess. All right, uh, coming up next, I want to dive into some NFL stuff. We got a lot of stuff from the combine we need to get to. I want to get back with this, a player going into the draft, a local player, and the potential spots that make a lot of sense for him. I thought this one was hit right on the head. I'll tell you who it is and where they're going potentially next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I didn't get to uh, some audio from an NFL team yesterday. We'll get to that coming up at 645. Blazers didn't win a game in the month of February. Uh, We'll get to that at 7. We'll move on quickly. I know some of you guys don't care about the Blazers anymore. I understand. They've earned that. They've earned that kind of title and uh, place in your heart right now. Viewership numbers prove it. But a whole month of not winning a game is uh, its pretty wild mentally for me to really grasp that that's a thing for this franchise at this point. Uh, we'll get to that at the top of the hour. I, I was perusing NFL Combine stuff, and I stumbled across this article uh, of CBS Sports, and I got this one from Garrett Podell. And I just was interested because it said Bo Nix. And I'm like, oh, little Bo Nix uh, chatta in the old NFL Combine. Give it to me. And I don't know where you guys are at. I know Bo Nix is an interesting prospect. He's a little older, but he's anywhere from teens to to late back into the first round. He seems like he's destined to be in the first round uh, of the NFL draft. His numbers, just his numbers from college, he went from 59% completion percentage to 75. He went from 6.9 yards per pass attempt to 92 
Yards per season passing, 2,400 at Auburn, 4,000 at Oregon. Touchdown interception ratio was 39 to 16, or touchdown to interceptions at Auburn was 39 to 16. At, at Oregon, it was 74 to 10. Just everything about his career changed when he got to Eugene. And so he's become an interesting prospect for many. And Garrett puts together a top five list of landing spots that would actually make the most sense for Bo Nix. And I just want to know if they're omitting a team here. Is there a team that's not on this list that kind of makes sense where if Bo's going to go somewhere and learn and sit and then get an opportunity, he can succeed? It's like a good spot for him to have that. I'll go through the five. The fifth team. This one was interesting. Cleveland Browns. I know Cleveland Browns doesn't always jump off for people. But if this Watson thing goes one more season of being bad, I really think they're going to pull a Denver Russ Wilson situation. They got to pivot. Pay to get out of it. Like, yeah, at some point you got to say he isn't what he was. And so I just wonder if going to Cleveland, yeah, Deshaun's there. But at least you get to learn from a Kevin Stefanski, who I believe won coach of the year this year. So I thought that was a good one. Uh, four is New England. I don't feel so hot about that one. And that's more so me not knowing what the hell is happening in New England. Not that Gerard Mayo's a bad hire. No. But he's pretty unproven, and we don't know what he's going to be or what the system is going to be. And oh, by the way, it ain't like they're, they have all these weapons everywhere in New England. That, that state of flux <laughs> that the franchise is in right now, if I'm Bo Nix, I'm hoping that the Patriots don't look at me. Because, yeah, you don't know how Gerard Mayo is going to develop a new quarterback. I believe they brought in Alex Van Pelt to, to run the Patriots offense, so I'm not really sure how successful he's been with young quarterbacks in the past. So, yeah, if I'm Bo, eh, stay away. The only I think the only glimmer of hope for New England if you're rooting for Bo Nix to have a good NFL career, if you're a Duck fan or college football fan, because Bo Nix is kind of Mr. College. Yeah. You just think that New England, you tell yourself, New England doesn't have Belichick anymore. And they haven't had fun offense to watch in years. It feels like when Randy Moss left, well, they had a couple years, but like statistically speaking, their last few years here, they, they have not been good. You just hope that maybe this new direction gives you like a new a new sense of life offensively where they're not what they once were with Mac Jones or at the very end with Tom Brady. Number three is the spot I would want the most if I was a Penix or a Bo Nix, Minnesota. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, I don't know if he's going to come back. Maybe he will. If he does, I think that's even better. You get to learn Kevin O'Connell's system, highly regarded, smart offensive mind. Oh, by the way, you get Justin Jefferson. I know there's some chatter about... If they trade him, I don't think the Vikings are going to do that. They basically came out and poo-pooed that report. You get Justin Jefferson and Kevin O'Connell, I'd be pretty jacked to be able to sit on the sidelines for maybe a year behind a Kirk Cousins, absorb what's happening, understand it, practice it, study it, and then get your clean shot. Minnesota seems like a sneaky great spot. Not even sneaky, just overall a great spot if you're somebody like Bo Nix. Obvious statement, but half season in a dome, too, I think, for a young quarterback in the NFL is huge. And they obviously have some of the best pieces. I mean, you're looking at this list, it's like, God, Cleveland looks like a better spot than the the Patriots do right now. Cleveland seems like a great spot. I know it's cold weather, but, man, they got the killer defense. Chubb will be back. I assume that they're going to keep him. Amari Cooper's still there. And again, Stefanski's regarded as a really good offensive mind. But Minnesota desperately, uh, Kevin O'Connell really wants a quarterback that he can develop personally, and that would be probably, out of everybody on this list, that's the best fit. You're right. Uh, Miami? Talk about the best fits. Is Miami a better fit than Minnesota? If you're Bo Nix, do you want to go to Minnesota or Miami? 
Well, who doesn't want to go? Well, he's married, actually. No, I take that back. If I'm a young single guy, I want to go to Miami. But isn't he already married? Doesn't he have a kid? Yes. Uh, so, I don't think he has a kid. Well, yeah. Uh, he does have a kid? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've that's... seen pictures of him holding the little one. I thought that he had a family. So uh, if that, I'm... That was a Dan Lanning kid. <laughs> <If I'm... laughs> I didn't know. I knew he's married. I didn't know he had a kid. If I'm going out on a limb, I would say that, that Minnesota, if you're trying to build a career, you want to go where your career is going to flourish in Minnesota versus Miami. All, all the nightclub stuff, all the fun stuff, oh, that doesn't matter for him. Yeah, so. but that's not why. That's not what's great about Miami. I, they've got weapons, but... They've I... got weapons in McDaniel. <laughs> yeah, I can't. O'Connell, though. Yeah, but I, if Tua like doesn't work uh, and you got a twitchy owner who's trying to sell a piece of his ownership. You know Miami hasn't out. won a playoff game since 01. Do Are people yeah. aware that they're going on like 23 so years? I, does McDaniel stay if it doesn't work out with Tua? I, I, I think there's a lot more stability in Minnesota, yeah. and there's a more likelihood that he could see the field sooner depending on what happens with Cousins. Sneaky good point. The owner. The owner is always a part of the equation, and we don't put it into the equation quite enough. Yeah, why yeah. do you walk into, or why do you want to walk into a situation full of drama as a young quarterback? It, it seems like in Minnesota, the road to starting is much clearer as opposed to Miami, where it's just a lot of tumultuous stuff. Uh, and the last one he lists is Pittsburgh, the Blitzburg Steelers. I think that could be a great place for him, and I we talked about this. Uh, the the difference between there and Denver. Yeah. Where Denver, and, and I said traditionally, Denver fans, the organization, they look for a quarterback to be the centerpiece of things, whereas Pittsburgh, yes, you want to have a, a capable and able quarterback, but the quarterback is just one cog in the team, and they do it all together, and that sort of is Bo Nix's modus operandi. Uh, whereas Denver, I think they look for the quarterback to provide the lightning bolts yeah. frequently, even though when they won, it's because they put a running game together behind John Elway. But, but a, a, This is going to sound crazy. He's never had a sub-500 record. Do you want to go with Mike Tomlin? Like, if you're Bo Nix and Denver and Pittsburgh are picking, you're sitting there probably, I, I would assume, mentally saying, Denver, 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 Denver. Aren't you? Uh, Even if you don't not know necessarily. if Sean... Really? You'd, not necessarily. You'd rather play for Mike Tomlin than Sean Payton? I think I would play for Mike Tomlin. I think Bo Nix is somebody that can handle whatever system from whatever OC comes in. Mm. Um, as long as it's not Matt Canada. Well, <laughs> And that's what Tomlin that really, might hire. Was that really a system? Well, but, th that's kind of the point, though, yeah. is Tomlin decided that that was the Pittsburgh system. I think more for Pittsburgh is, and we saw this with Bo, if you put enough weapons around him... Uh, Fryermuth is healthy. You got a quality tight end, security blanket, target. Um, Rumored to get Johnu Smith as well. They're, they're the top yeah. landing spot for so former Atlanta. Tight if end. he's got enough around him to work and they can protect him, then I I think Bo can because he's a guy that has no problems going on thirteen play, eighty five yard drives, killing nine and a half minutes. Is there any team not included in this that you would imagine should also be included in it? Like New Orleans? I've seen some New Orleans chatter. <sighs> I don't know what's going on down there. Yeah, they're going to fire their coach in a year or two. It's uh, I, like I, not I, according to the GM. Did well, you know all the great coaches started off sub five hundred? He believes in Dennis Allen. Well, you're that that vote of confidence. <laughs> he this said that he legitimately was like, and I think Bill Belichick started out as six and blah. blah. Well, so did Pete Carroll. That doesn't stop. So did Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. Then he got fired and went back to being a defensive coordinator. I don't know Shut what up. the I don't know if the Jets are going to try to draft another quarterback. 
And I mean, they have to start thinking about that. That dude's had, forty I would years avoid old. Avoid that situation like the plague. Yeah. Also, coaching turnover potentially there. That's just, and you got another crazy owner. You just so, have to want to go to a good ownership situation. I yeah. Think, there's you nothing know? better than the yeah. Roonies and right. So yeah, maybe Pittsburgh is ultimately the best spot. I still would be a little nervous that Tomlin. What's the offense he's going to give mm-hmm. me? Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit on Swag's point. I know we got to go, but I do think that Denver under Sean Payton for Bo, mm-hmm. it, just a quarterback would be a better fit because you look at the history of QBs in Pittsburgh. It wasn't Mike Tomlin developing Ben Roethlisberger. He was already there. He was established. So, so I'm not really thinking that the quarterback position in Pittsburgh is something that I'm going to thrive at. I'm just going to be inserted, as you guys said, into their offense, into their system, and they're going to make it work trying to get 10 wins a year. In Denver, I'm going to be allowed to flourish. It, for me, it's obvious, but there might be some inside NFL stuff that I don't know where he fits better with Tomlin. Who knows? Sean Payton might be an ass to work with. It sounds like recently he has been. Well, and Dan Lanning, pretty big football guy, loves him some Bo Nix. If you're a big football guy, maybe that's exactly what Bo Nix loves to be around because he's a big football guy. Uh, interesting read. Just as we continue to roll on, the combine starts today, and I'd find Bo Nix a fascinating prospect and teams that make sense for him. Uh, good points, I think, were made by all the teams. Even if some of those teams I wouldn't be as excited about going to, I still thought it was uh, interesting to dive into why each team would maybe make the most sense for Bo Nix. Uh, we'll stick with some NFL stuff. I didn't get to this team yesterday that seems kind of noncommittal at the most important position, and will they draft the player of the future there? That's next on The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. I love when people tell me how to do my job. I should go to their jobs and tell them how to do their job. That'd be fun. Should we go set up and do play-by-play on their job? What job do you think we could observe and then give criticism to, and that person would just say, you have no idea what you're talking about? Oh, a lot of jobs. Anybody uh, operating a forklift, I think, falls under that category. Those look hard. I got a forklift certification at a job once. I figured it out. I'm not. Well, you're the wrong person to talk. I'm not very handy. I struggle finding a stud in a wall. I see people screwing up on those things a lot. Oh, I mean, there's dangerous. The videos are the funniest part about getting those certifications because it's always you see the insert from the actor to the dummy, and then all of the stuff comes down, and the dummy is squished. It's like, this, you could kill a coworker. Eh, yeah, you could. You it's could. possible. Or you could just operate this thing because it's got four buttons. But they don't make any sense. See, the fact that you have to have a certification for this, that it doesn't just have like a wheel that you yeah. could turn and then something else that just makes the big old thing <laughs> that goes up and down go up and down. I don't know much about forklifts, but they seem a little too complex. Uh, we've got NFL Combine stuff to get into. Um, a lot to talk about because we've got some audio. Justin Herbert has talked now about Jim Harbaugh, having Jim Harbaugh as his coach. We've got a Bills thought on, you know what, if you want to go get a quarterback, screw everybody else, go get him anyway. Uh, I love that John Harbaugh declared that Rashad Bateman's going to get the ball more next season. I was like, okay. It's kind of odd. I think Rashad Bateman's fine, but not quite the first-round type talent that they think they or that they hoped that they were getting from him. And I don't have time to get to the Seahawks. I want to talk about the Seahawks today. I think the Seahawks, they're in an interesting spot, and they're – kind of committed but non-committal to their quarterback. A little fence sitting with Geno Smith, huh? Uh yeah, Brady, you know, Brady Henderson, a good friend of ours uh who covers the Seahawks for ESPN. He was on the show a couple weeks ago and he he kind of hinted at this. And just like, "Hey, they 
they picked it up before the deadline to, to guarantee his, what is it, $12.7 million or whatever yes. it was. And he said, yeah, I wouldn't read into that as anything that means he's going to be the starter next year. And Brady's been kind of dropping little crumbs all over the place about where they're going and what's the direction. Uh, Schneider was asked yesterday about Jamal Adams. And I love that. You know, I get we have to ask these people questions. But I love that they ask him about Jamal Adams when we all know they don't want Jamal Adams. <laughs> I think that's been evident. They they basically sent him home last year. That trade was a disaster for him. They've, you know, they've righted the ship a little bit. They they've recovered from it. They traded Russ after it. Him being non non-committal to Jamal Adams, I you know, well we'll see. Is he a good fit for Mike McDonald? I, we'll see. Nah, I think we know. I think he's a bit of a problem, and the Seahawks are going to move on from him. But what they're going to do at quarterback, are they going to draft the player of the future in this draft? Or is this a draft where you say, yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks, but quarterbacks are a crapshoot. Talked about this yesterday on the show, Schultz. You never know. Largely, the history of the NFL says none of these guys will hit, and one will hit if you're lucky. Yeah. Right? So we're Jane Daniels, Drake May. Maybe it'll be a great class. Certainly we've had draft classes where there's a couple dudes in it. Of course. But it also could be Caleb doesn't hit because Chicago is in rough waters. It could be that Drake May, maybe Merrill Hodge is right. His mechanics and his processing isn't top-notch. Jane Daniels weighs as much as I do, but he's like 6'4", 6'5". I, I just, you know, there are things and reasons. Bo Nix... Maybe he was just destined to be a great college quarterback and he'll be a good NFL backup. Penix, can he stay healthy? Is he a franchise guy or is he one of these, you know, Tarod Taylors? He's just going to be a backup in the NFL for a long time and that's just what his role is. It's such a crapshoot with yeah. it that I could see the Seahawks doing either. You either see somebody alike and Ryan Grubbs, the OC, maybe it is Penix. Or you look at it and you say, well, we're not picking in the top three. And outside of that, we don't love anybody enough to go in our first two rounds of picks. So we're going to say thanks, but no thanks. Run it back. Do Geno. See what the defense will do this year with Mike McDonald and taking that step forward. And then build it out that way. There's there's two approaches to it. Seattle doesn't strike me as impatient. They strike me as smart. I think Schneider's smart. It didn't work the last couple years for them. But that doesn't mean that they can't figure this out and right the ship. And if that coach is as good as advertised... That defense should take a pretty significant leap and put them in a spot where maybe they trade for a quarterback. Maybe they make a trade and go up in a draft with a quarterback, but they could be just that piece away. And oh, by the way, it's not like Geno's a bum. No, he offers stability to the franchise. That's why they signed him to the yes. deal that they did, when but he, when he gave has, them flexibility. When he has time to pass, Schultz, he's not bad. No. And in the NFL... Getting to the playoffs, contending that way, building a monster defense up. You're seeing this with the Chiefs. They have Mahomes. Their defense is the better side of the ball. So we'll get into all of that stuff. There is also a name in the NFL. I want to talk about this. There is a name in the NFL that everybody knows, and I think it's one of the biggest stories in the entire league, what's happening with him. And I'm just curious if this is resonating with other football fans who aren't fans of this team. And I'll tell you who that is. We got Statter Story, loaded second hour of the show. Uh, Talia Von Olhoffen will join us at 7.30. And the Blazers go a month without winning. Dirt and Sprague, hour two on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 